We are in Mark chapter 5 today, verses 21 through 43. And so uh, last week we talked about uh, the great miracle that took place in Gadara where the demonic was healed. And after that, now today, Jesus has made his way back across the Sea of Galilee. Uh, most scholars would agree that at this point he has returned to the region around Capernaum, all right? And that is pretty much the home base of his ministry. And so Jesus, as soon as he gets back, as soon as he steps out of the boat, he is immediately met with a large gathering of people, all right? He can go nowhere where there are not crowds among, around him, okay? And so among those gathered that day, as we'll see here in this passage of Scripture, uh, was a man by the name of Jairus, okay? And he had a pressing need, and he was determined to get to Jesus. So this text that we're going to look at today, in some uh, realms uh, of scholarship, it's really considered what is called uh, uh, a sandwich structure because the beginning of the story uh, is of uh, Jairus in verse 21 through 24, and then we're going to see an interruption by the story of a suffering woman in verses 24 through 34, and then we're going to go back to Jairus's need at the end of the passage of Scripture, all right? And so the purpose behind this, and I'm just giving you a little backstory here, just giving you a little information. The reason why we see this happening in this passage of Scripture is because it's to compare. It's a comparison, okay? Uh, themes in these stories are some of the same themes that we have seen uh, all the way up to this point. We're going to see some themes in this story today uh, that are going to be reminiscent uh, of Jesus calming uh, the sea, uh, of him healing the demon-possessed man. Uh, we're going to see some of the reoccurring stories and themes come back and forth here, okay? So the first thing that I want you guys to realize today is that Jesus cares for those in trouble. Can you say that with me? Jesus cares for those in trouble. Any of you here ever been in trouble? Nope. I'm in trouble just about every day. We all find ourselves in trouble at times. We all find ourselves in circumstances and situations that are beyond what we are capable of handling and taking care of. And this morning, what I want you to know is that the Jesus that I serve, the Jesus that I love, the Jesus that I follow, cares about every struggle, every trouble that you and I go through in life. Amen? The second thing that I want you to understand is not only does Jesus care for those in trouble, but Jesus is the omnipotent God. All right? In other words, what I mean is that he has authority over what is impossible around you and I, all right? There is nothing, there is nothing in nature, there are no demons, there are no diseases, not even death 
has more power than Jesus Christ. He has a sovereign authority over everything. And we can rest in the assurance that he cares about all that you and I go through. Amen? So let's start. Let's look at verse 21. Go ahead and put verse 21. It says, When Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the sea. In other words, he didn't even, he didn't even get out of the boat. And they were there. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, my little daughter is dying. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing in against him. Now, Jairus, I want you guys just to know a little bit about him. Just There's not a whole lot we know, but this is what we do know. We know that more than likely... Jairus was an elder in the local synagogue, all right? He was probably someone who uh, carried responsibility and authority in the local synagogue, which was probably right there in the Capernaum area, all right? And what we see here in this first section of Scripture here in this passage today is we see the reality and the understanding that Jesus Christ hears the cries of those in trouble, You see, what we see in this passage of Scripture, and this is something that I want you and I to come to grips with today because I I, I know we know this, I know we believe this, but sometimes I don't think we live in it. Sometimes I don't think we we, uh, express the realization that we understand this. And that is, listen folks, you and I, we can come to Jesus with all that we struggle with in life period, all right? No matter what you're facing in life, if you're sitting here right now and you're struggling financially, if you're sitting here right now, you're struggling in relationship. If you're sitting here right now, you're struggling with your, with your children. If you're sitting here, you're struggling with your job. If you're sitting here and you're struggling with your emotions, you're hurting, you're broken, you're, you're challenged. No matter what you are facing right now, Jesus Christ cares about you. And Jesus Christ wants to be there for you. There is nothing that we go through in life that we cannot trust and depend upon him to see us through. Now, I know that we believe that, amen? But we don't always live it, do we? I don't always live it. You know how I know I don't always live it? Because sometimes when I find myself in dark places, I find myself in struggles, you know what I do? I worry. Come on, say amen. Anybody else worry? I get concerned. You know what else I do sometimes? I try to fix it myself. I think that I actually have the capabilities to take care of stuff. And every time I make the decision that I'm going to take care of something on my own, guess what happens? I fail. Any of you experienced that? Oh, now, don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, I might succeed a little bit. 
but then it falls apart eventually. Because you and I cannot get through life. We cannot make it through the challenges, the struggles, the issues that we face in life without Jesus Christ. And he, in this scripture, reveals to us that there is nothing too big, nothing too small that we cannot come to him and he will not be there for us. Now there's another lesson that we learn in this first part of this passage of scripture. It's not only that we can come to Jesus with all of our struggles, but the second lesson, the second part that we need to grab a hold of, and this is the most important part of it, is that when we come before him, we must come believing in faith that he's going to see us through. You see, what's so amazing about this passage of Scripture is when Jairus comes to him, it says, listen, he says, I beg of you earnestly, my little daughter is dying. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well. Jairus had no doubt in his mind, no hesitation, no reservation. He believed without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus, if Jesus came and touched his daughter, she was going to be what? She was going to be healed. How often do we find ourselves going before the Lord with the needs that we have, the struggles, and we go, well, I'm going to give it to you, Lord, and hopefully you'll do something about it. I'm going to lay it at, I'm going to lay, I'm going to lay it at your feet. Well, I, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to put it down at your feet, but I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to hold on to it, okay? just in case you don't take care of it. I can snatch it back and then I can fix something out. How often? We, 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 we would never, we, we're not going to claim we do that. I mean, all of us are here, oh, I would never do that. I believe in Jesus. I trust him. But yet, oftentimes, in our actions, we, believe, we say we trust in him, but we don't leave it in his hands. You see, the amazing thing about Jairus here today is Jairus says, listen, I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that if you come and you touch my daughter, she's going to be healed. That's some serious faith, isn't it? You see, that's the kind of faith that you and I should have in our Heavenly Father. We should understand that there's nothing that we face, there's no trouble, there's no struggle in our life that we face that he is not there for us. But if we claim that we understand that, we must also have faith to bring it for, before him and let it go. Amen? So let's go on. Verse 24. Go ahead. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. Now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd. She touched it. 
For she said, if I just touch his clothes, I will be made well. Instantly, her flow of blood ceased, and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And at once, Jesus realized in himself that power had gone out. Guys, do you understand that? Do you see it? Do you hear that? Does that not cause you? I mean, that gives me goosebumps. He turned around in the crowd, and he said, who touched me? His disciples said to him, <laughs> come on, Jesus. Do you see the crowd pressing against you? Really? Really? I may be exaggerating here. I'm adding a little bit. His disciples, come on, Jesus. We're surrounded by people. Who touched you? I mean, who touched me? Come on, are you really asking that question? But he was looking around to see who had done this. The woman with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, he said, Daughter, your faith, your faith has saved you. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be healed from this affliction. Man, do you understand the power of what just took place there? Do you understand this woman she suddenly appears out of nowhere. She has a discharge of blood making her, basically, I want you guys to take this to a deeper level. This woman, she's ceremonially unclean. She, has, she is forbidden to have access to the temple. For 12 years, this woman has not been able to go to church because she's unclean. She has been sick, and she's probably more than likely, because of this, she's unmarried. She doesn't have any children. Two additional cultural curses added on top of her pitiful fate. She has suffered from many physicians. She has spent all that she has, all, everything, she, every dime she's spent to try to get better. To no avail. She's unclean. She's an outcast in the community. And she heard about this miracle worker named Jesus. And she believes that if she can just touch him, because let me just tell you something. Up until this point, she wouldn't have been allowed to touch anyone because she was unclean. And so in her mind, she has convinced her. She knows that if she just touches him, she'll be made clean. So she sneaks through the crowd. She's probably draped something so that they can't see who she is. She sneaks through the crowd. 
And she can see, she can see his silhouette. She can see the back of him. She can see him walking. He's surrounded by people. And she's thinking, if I can just, if I can, if I can just get my hand in there. If I can just get my hand in and just touch him. Man, can you imagine what could happen if we had that kind of faith? Can you imagine the things that we would be able to accomplish in the name of Jesus Christ if we had the kind of faith that we see right here in this passage of Scripture? I mean, she may not have a strong theology. I don't know what her theology is, but let me tell you something. Her faith is strong. You know? And see, what this tells me here today, because when she touched him, she was healed. What this tells me today is that Jesus is there, and he is responding to the pain. He is responding to the brokenness of his people. You see, we, we can approach him in our suffering. We can bring, there is, there, you listen, you you're not unclean in the eyes of Jesus Christ. You are not untouchable in the eyes of Jesus Christ. The message that I want to get across to us today through this passage more than anything is how much he loves and cares for us. And there is nothing, nothing about you that repels him at all. He wants to be so close. He cares about the suffering. He cares about the pain. He, when this woman touched him, the power, it says, left him and came into him. He felt it. You see, what we need to do is we need to have this kind of faith. We need to approach Jesus believing without a shadow of a doubt that he's going to bring healing to us. He's going to bring wholeness to us. This passage of scripture is not in here by accident, folks. Jesus wants us to understand it, it, it's, it's not his ability that we have to be concerned about. It's our faith that gets in the way so often. And the amazing thing is, is that because he loves us so much, oftentimes all we have to have is just enough say, enough faith, faith, just the size of a seed of a mustard. You guys ever see a mustard seed? I wish I had them. I wish I'd give them all to you. A mustard seed, that's the amount of faith that he tells us we need. It's just a little teeny seed. You plant that seed and it grows into this big bush, all right? He's not telling us, hey, you got to have massive faith. This woman had massive faith. If we could, you know what? They tell us right now in science, I think somewhere like between 6 and 8% of our brain is used. All right? Explains a lot, at least for me. <laughs> but the scientists, they tell us the amazing things that we would be able to do if we could access the other 93, 94% of our brain. All right? In the same way, oftentimes, we use way little faith, and we see God moving mountains. 
Can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine what we could accomplish in Bethalto, Illinois, if we accessed the full capacity of our faith in Jesus Christ? We could, we could transform this community overnight. We could transform this community in an hour, all right? Folks, what gets in the way of us having? We have seen Jesus move over and over and over and over again. What gets in the way of our faith? The answer is really simple. Me. Us. We get in the way. Because there is nothing, there is nothing that needs to be done. There is nothing that needs to be taken care of. There is nothing that needs to be made whole that Jesus Christ cannot make whole. We have to live in that, folks. We need to understand that. And today, here we see yet another illustration of what happens when we just reach out faith. Amen? Oh, come on. Really? Amen? Amen. Verse 35. All right, so, while he was still speaking, people came from the synagogue, leaders, synagogue leader's house, Jairus, and said to him, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? So, sup, real quick. So, Jesus... Jairus comes to him, says, my daughter's dying, I need you. Jesus says, okay, I'm going to go. Jesus gets stopped in the middle of this because the woman reaches out and touches him, and he feels that and deals with all of that. So while he's doing all of this with the woman in the crowd, they come to him and they say, your daughter died. Don't, don't bother the teacher anymore. And when Jesus overheard what was said, they don't even say it to Jesus. They're talking amongst themselves, and he overhears it. He says to Jairus, listen, don't be afraid. Only believe. Now, he did not let anyone accompany him except Peter, James, and John, James' brother. And so they come to the leader's house, and he saw a commotion. People were weeping and wailing loudly. What's interesting is that there were probably people that were, had nothing to do with this. They were being paid to actually weep and wail because they created. This is something that was cultural, okay? All right, just wanted to throw that out. So we went in, and he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. Any of you ever been laughed at? We see a great amount of restraint in Jesus here right now. You ever been laughed at? Huh? Anybody in here? I'm, this is, I'm, I'm just I'm being honest. Anybody here? Anybody ever laugh at you? You want to punch them? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I've never been there, but my wife has. at him. They laughed at Jesus. But he, you know what he did? 
Oh, just get out of my face. Get out of my sight. Okay, it says it really nice in here, but that's what he said. Get them out of here. And he removes them from the room. And he takes the child's father and the mother and those who were with him, Peter, James, and John, and they enter the place where the child is. And then he takes the child by the hand, and he says to her, Talitha kum, which is translated little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl got up and began to walk. She was 12 years old. At this, they were utterly astounded. And then he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Now that goes back to the messianic secret right there. We've talked about that in the past. This is a point where Jesus is not ready uh, for who he is to come out completely. And so they don't ever listen to him anyway, you know. Uh, but he says, do not let anyone know. And then they feed her something. Now I don't know about you, but I'm thinking up to this point, Jairus is I, Jairus must have been close to being out of his mind at this point, you know, before this, you know? I mean, anxiety, frustration. Can you imagine, you know, his daughter is at death's door. Uh, I know if one of my children were at death's door, my anxiety would be uh, over the roof, okay? This, this woman that stopped him, she'd been sick for 12 years. I mean, what's another day going to hurt, you know? I mean, you think about that for a second, you know, just give me an extra 30 minutes, you know, all right? He came in daylight, humbly begging, he was demanding nothing, and, and look where it got him. I want you to, now remember when I said at the beginning there were comparisons here? I want to compare some things real quick here for you, okay? I want you to look at the nameless woman, and I want you to look at Jairus, okay? First of all, here's some things that we can learn from these two. Number one, they knew only Jesus could help them. What does it take us at times in life to get to the point that we realize only Jesus is the answer? They understood that. They also knew, number two, both of them knew they were not worthy Okay, they were unworthy when they came before Jesus. When Jairus came before Jesus, what does it say he did? He fell down, right? All right, when the woman came before Jesus, she, she had to sneak in, okay? She was unworthy. The other thing that we realize about them is that they believed Jesus could heal. And they both got what they wanted, didn't they? You see, Jairus, his situation appears to go from bad to worse, okay? Jesus is interrupted with the bad news. His daughter is dead. Hope is suddenly gone. However, Jesus in this passage of Scripture, and it's so important for us to be reminded of that, he responds to the bad news with a challenge, all right? It's as if he's saying to him, listen, don't take what you are seeing at face value. This is a lesson for us, folks. I'm not distracted, and I'm not ignoring the situation 
about your daughter. What Jesus is saying is that I work, and this is another lesson that we need to learn today, I work in my time, not others. My timing is perfect in every way. I will not be hurried and I will not be dictated to. Believe and watch what I do. You see, the other challenge I think we have right now in life and the reason why we struggle in our faith oftentimes is because we want things done when we want them done. And Jesus said, it's not about your timing. It's not about your situation as far as when and where. It's about me. And when you realize I'm the focus... When your faith is in me, you will experience healing. You will experience being set free. You will experience wholeness. You will experience restoration. Because it comes through no one but me. Folks, we need to grab a hold of that today. We need to realize that and understand that. You see, Jesus Christ he has authority over the power and over, oh, he has authority and power over everything, including death. And we need to live in the realization of that. We can believe in Jesus in spite of the situation or condition that we're in. We can believe in Jesus regardless of the cynics and the unbelievers around us. Was Jesus affected by those laughing? Absolutely not. We can believe in Jesus because he can be trusted. Because we know that what he says he will do, he will do. It's up to us to have the faith in him to see it through how am i doing oh i got at least another 45 minutes all right good i'm just kidding so how do we apply this today let's bring this down to our level let's bring this down to the ground okay what is this passage of scripture teaching us today we see what has happened here we understand the faith issue we understand the the trust issue so what is this let's apply this to us today what does this text teach us about the Heavenly Father? Well, first of all, let me just tell you this. God honors the faith of all who come to him through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? Social status, gender, or any other distinctions do not matter in the eyes of God. God cares for the demon-possessed, the man of distinction, the outcast woman, the little girl who is powerless. God truly loves the world of people, the world of his creation, without distinction. There is no one on this planet that God does not love. And we need to live in that, folks. If he loves them, it's our task and responsibility to love also. Second of all, what does this text teach me about sinful humanity? Now, I talked about evil last week if you were here. If you weren't, go online and listen to it. It's a little interesting, all right? Listen, disease and death 
are realities that we must face in a fallen and sinful world. The scripture tells us that the same rain falls on the just and the unjust. So I'm not going to stand up here today and tell you that if you trust and have faith in Jesus Christ, that everything is going to be perfect for you, everything is going to go the way you want it to go, everything is going to be healed, everything is going to be made right. Now I will tell you that when he returns, everything will be made right. Amen? But in this world, as James says it so clearly, there will be trials, there will be struggles. I will not stand up here and tell you today that being a follower of Jesus Christ means that everything is going to be great from then on. Because it won't. There are going to be tough times. There are going to be difficult times. We live in a sinful and fallen world. Our world is a world that desperately needs the touch and the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And so what we learn here today about sinful humanity is that we have a responsibility to proclaim the love of Jesus Christ and the message of Jesus Christ that through Jesus Christ, all that is broken will be made whole someday. Amen? But as long as we live on this planet, we're going to deal with issues. We're going to deal with struggles. We're going to deal with trials. There's going to be tribulation. So what does this teach us about Jesus Christ then? Well, Jesus cares. He cares for all the hurting. He does his work on his timetable. When Jesus touched the unclean, it became clean. Amen? He takes on their uncleanliness. He takes on our uncleanliness. Jesus gives healing and life to those who trust him as he takes on our disease and he dies our death for us. He is willing, and we see this when he goes to the cross, he is willing to give up power for those who have no power. And that is you and I. That's the Jesus I proclaim. That's the gospel that I teach. That is the man who I am a disciple of. And so what does God want us to know today? We can come to Jesus and hear this today. We can come to Jesus with our requests no matter who we are or what we've done. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what you have done up until this point. It does not matter. Jesus does not see you for what you have done. He sees you for who you can become in him. And I believe that there are a lot of people walking around in the church today, walking around in our communities today, defeated and broken because they don't believe they can ever be cut loose from something that happened in the past. And I'm here to tell you today, Jesus Christ paid the price. Your past, when you come to him, is in the past. And all you have to look forward to is the future. And if Jesus is walking beside you, it's a good future. Amen? And so that's what we need to know 
about Jesus Christ. He gives healing. He gives life to those who trust him. And he takes everything upon himself. And he pays the price for us. And so that leads me to ask another question from this passage. And that is, what does God want us to know? Well, what he wants us to know is that we can come to Jesus with our request. And no matter what, no matter what we have done, if we come in faith, believing and not fearing, God honors imperfect faith from a sincere heart when the object of that faith is Jesus Christ. You see, God wants you to come to him with any and every request. God wants us to trust him regardless of the circumstances and situation of our life. And as the band comes up here and we close this out today, I want you to know this. Because he can be trusted to heal our disease, to conquer all of the troubles, to defeat death, we can call him Lord and Savior. You see, when he walked out that grave, walked out of that grave, alive, hallelujah, hallelujah, our future was made right. What we must do is claim it. So this morning, my question to you, what are you struggling with? I don't care what it is. What are you hurting over? I don't care what it is. What are you dealing with? I don't care what it is. You know why? Because Jesus can take care of it. Jesus can bring healing. Jesus can bring wholeness. Jesus couldn't speak there for a second. Jesus can take that which is broken and heal it. And all you and I have to do is just reach out. Just reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Whatever you're walking with today, cut it loose and let him have control. Heavenly Father, this morning, Lord, my prayer is that we live in victory. Victory that comes from you. Lord, that we live in wholeness that is not because we are whole, because we are a broken people, but because through you, our wholeness is revealed. Lord, I pray that today, as we stand before you, 
that we would lay whatever it is that we're struggling with at your feet. That we would have the faith that you are going to take care of us. And that we would trust and we would believe that you have us in your hand. Because you do. Lord, as that old hymn used to sing, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Lord, the challenge for us today is to trust and obey. Thank you, Lord, for loving us unconditionally. I pray this in your precious name. And everybody says, amen. amen. Let's stand.